What up, folks? This is your boy, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack, and you're listening to the official podcast. I'm Garen. And I'm Rich. And this is episode four, The Reality Check. All right, buddy. So, it's been a little while since we've been on here. Been yeah. uh, been a lot going on over the past month. Uh, we're, we're a little delayed in getting here, as usual, but... Uh, <laughs> I think we're doing an okay job of putting one out once a month. It's just yeah. not great with the day. So. <laughs> we we make it happen nonetheless, but. Uh, we do. We persevere. Until we can quit our day jobs and, you know, make this a regular thing, then, you know, we'll take, take <laughs> what is, you can get, people. <laughs> this is what you people get. <laughs> uh, so, this uh, this episode... We're going to a deep, dark place. Deep, dark place in this episode. <sighs> I, uh, you know, last episode we had made a lot of progress, man. There was listen. There was a lot of sunshine, and there was a lot of positivity, and there was a lot of of, of real good things happening in the world of Rich and Garen and our golf games and our progression in, in getting to be less hacky hacks. And yeah. then this month happened. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I got my new driver and, and I'll be honest with you. I was, I had vast improvements off the tee. I mean, seeing lower scores, more fairways in reg, just hitting the ball better. than I have in a long time, just, you know, the confidence was really there. Had a pretty good competitive round in, in my, you know, Pittsburgh Golf Tour tournament. So, you know, a lot of good things going on. And, and you know, you, you had not only one lesson, but a couple lessons, right? Had a couple lessons, a couple low rounds. Um, like, things were things were, were clicking. Thing, things were, were good. I thought, I thought at that point in time that this was going to kind of be the summer that, that I established myself as a real solid single digit guy. It'd be up upper single digits, but I, I would, I like, I thought this would be the summer that I established myself as a, as a solid single digit golfer. And, uh, well, this again, this <laughs> month happened. So let's, okay. So let's start where it started. Um, you came down to visit me. You want to you want to elaborate on that a little bit, and we'll we'll talk about that first. Yeah, that's actually a really good a really good segue. Um, this really all started about two weeks ago, right? Oh, absolutely. So you know, you know, uh, the the white whale came to town, as you you like to call me. You know, you know, whatever the Moby Dick. I guess you call <sighs> me a big fat whale analogy. Nobody nobody up here still gets that. By the way, you're my white whale. Captain Ahab. No, nobody, nobody I've talked to understood that. Like, <laughs> it's a Moby Dick reference. It's one of the classics. I guess all my friends are illiterate and we don't read. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you are, um, you are my Michael Jordan to my Isaiah Thomas. Let's 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 put it that way. You are my Tom Brady to your Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, all right, we'll take we'll take it. Okay. Anyways, I digress. Um, had an opportunity to come to town. Uh, it was down in West Virginia, last minute, kind of a family visit, and uh, gave Rich a buzz. Said, "Hey, 
going to be in town. Let's see if we can get a tea time, get together, and, and we made it happen. Um, going into that, I had, I'd already told Rich, I was like, I've got some shoulder issues. Um, you know, I'd already kind of set the stage. I was going to play like crap, which I didn't play great. Um, but I'd already kind of set the stage. It wasn't going to be a good day. So anyways, Rich said, you know, don't worry about it, man. We're going to have a good time. I'm just glad you're, you know, to be, be able to play golf with you. And, you know, I'll give my, give our buddy Jeff a, a buzz, see if he can join us. And, and so I really thought that, honestly, you were over the, the hump of this mental game of, like, yeah. playing me. I, I really thought you were over it. I was like, man, that's, that's some pretty profound statements that I've never heard come out of your mouth before. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and here's the, here's the crazy thing about all this. And, and there, once we talk about the other, the other thing, the other two things that we have to talk about, I want to talk about me for a little bit. Um, this, this episode might be a little longer than our normal episodes because we got a lot to cover. Um, but I legitimately, like you come into town, I was just looking forward to playing golf. Um, in no, in no way, shape or form did I expect for what happened to happen. Um, so I'll kind of, I'll kind of take it from here and you can interject. Well, well, before you do that, I I have a little bit of a a confession to make. Okay. So before I was headed to the course that day, I may have recorded a little clip. Oh, great. So, so I want to, I want to play this recording. I don't know if it'll come through. I may have to go back and, and, uh, edit it so that everybody else can hear it. But I'm going to play this recording in in full confession and and just put this out there for for you and the world to know so so here we go okay all right so on my way to meet richard to play one of our old home courses back in barbersville west virginia one of which he proclaims to have shot some 70s on here recently uh running late as to be expected uh because that's just what i do uh, running late for a one o'clock tea time, not going to have any time to warm up, uh, not feeling good today. Back hurts, shoulder is still, uh, basically thrown out of socket after a, uh, a massive game of wiffle ball or to come on that. But, uh, anyways, not, not feeling good. So I have a feeling that, uh, El Richardo is going to try to put one on me today says that we're just playing for fun but uh mr competitive that seems to never never set with him so uh i think i've already decided i'm gonna have to live in his head today so uh let's see how this goes all right so in in full disclosure i had to put that out there (laughs) well (laughs) fair enough man Good for you. Uh, so I, even so, that being heard, you never got into my head. The only person that got into my head on that day was me. Um, I, and it I, wasn't even it wasn't even a competition thing, man. I just hit a few bad shots, uh, and, and and more on that uh, later. It just seems like I imploded after a few bad holes, uh, something that, that I'm really struggling with, and, and we'll have some confession time about that later, like I said. 
Um, but it was never a competition thing, man. I never looked at your scorecard, never really asked what you got on a hole, uh, which is very uncharacteristic, as you know. Um, but yeah, it, so folks, it was a, it was a nightmare, uh, on, on my home course. Uh, it, shot... it was very ugly. Let, let's oh, just was... not even talk about what you shot just now. So it's terrible. I did not expect what happened to, to happen. I mean, you completely lost your swing altogether. Mm-hmm. Just I, gone. I got the shanks. I got, I, I got the shanks. Um, managed to, to take care of them and they're fixed now. Uh, videoed my swing, figured out what was going on and, and fixed what was, what was wrong. But I got the shanks. I got a case of the shanks. And, uh, for those of you out there who have never gotten a case of the shanks, first of all, screw you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> second of all, um, for those of you who have gotten the shanks before, you know how frustrating it is to know that you know how to hit a golf ball and not be able to find the face. Um, this was the second time in my life that I've ever had the shanks. Uh, one was in a, uh, a tournament last year uh, on Sunday while I was leading a flight. Uh, so, but that, that says everything about my mental state that it needs to. I'm a head case. It is what it is. Um, but I totally lost my swing. I uh, really enjoyed playing with Garen and playing with Jeff. Got to play with my two best friends as bad as I played and as mad as I got for the few holes that I did. Um, still had a great time. So I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna uh, burn this round of golf because I got to play with my two best friends. But that being said, it was brutal. It, it was an enjoyable first four holes and then the back nine. We'll, we'll leave it at yes. that. Absolutely. No, that's, that's a great, that's a great way to say it. You know, I, no, I, you, I, I felt bad for you. I'll be honest with you. I, I was really, really excited because I, you know, I, I play that clip in full disclosure, you know, in, in joking, but you know, I really was excited because I thought this is going to be a barn burner today. We're uh, going to, we're going to go out and tear it down. We're, we're going to go out and tear it down. And, and, you know, cause I knew the course It used to be my home course as well. Um, you know, it was a course we're both familiar with. We've both shot really good there in the past. And right. I, I just thought, I even, I think I, my very words to you when I texted you was like, I want a shot. I want another shot at Riviera. Haven't, yeah. haven't played there in a long time. I've made some improvements. I, I want a shot to go low. And, and my, my goal was to put something with you and Jeff there with me in, in the low 80s or high 70s. And, and like you said, it, it it be a barn burner and the only person who shot well unsurprisingly is mr jeff uh kudos to you jeff yeah he you know he and, and even he was disappointed in himself to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you but oh yeah um yeah you know, i didn't i didn't play the greatest either you know i shot an 87 which sounds like an okay score but keep in mind the course rating or well par on this course is 69 right so, so very, you know, the whole back nine, there's no par fives. Um, so it, it's not an extremely difficult course. So, and the no. diff, the differential actually as good as an 87 sounded actually was a bad score on my handicap because an 87, I think the differential on that was still like 23. Absolutely. So I can, I, my expectation out there on any given day is for me to fire anywhere from a 79 to an 82. Um, 
because that keeps my my handicap right there at that 10 that that 10 10.5 area and uh it was well above that that day i shot in the 90s so well we can't not, even count uh, the can't even count the first nine because you walked off after you uh it was on number eight yeah i walked off on number eight yeah you walked off on number eight after you uh helicopter slung your i'm gonna guess seven probably iron. seven iron across the fairway after shanking it like three times in a row three times in a row right off the hosel uh it, it it's it, it, it it's hard to talk about it's embarrassing to talk about uh but i think it's cathartic at the same time um <laughs> it was uh it was it was a bloodbath that first nine holes settled down for the second nine made a couple birdies um made a couple double bogeys but i shot i uh, shoot 41 41 something like that on the back but the the front was a was a nightmare yeah i didn't it... even re- i didn't even record my front nine into gym no, and there well, you couldn't. You you walked right. off. You picked up. So, no, it was it was tough to watch, and and I think that 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 was not a good place for you to be in going into the next thing, which was your golf outing week um, down in the Carolinas. Where was it? You all went again? Yeah, man. So, um, regard irregardless of of what happened, I had a golf trip that uh, we do every year. There's about twelve of us that go down to. Uh, we usually choose somewhere south. It's been we've done it at Pinehurst. We've done it down in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and this year we went down and stayed uh, at a place called Lake Lure, North Carolina, and played um, four different courses, um, six rounds of golf in four days. Had a blast. There was a lot of uh, a lot of really cool uh, sights to see. We played. Um, Give me just one second. I'll give you my. I'll give you the courses that we played. I'm pulling those up. So we played um, Broadmoor Golf Links. Uh, we played Cummings Cove Country Club, uh, Meadowbrook Golf Club, and Silver Creek Plantation. All of which were absolutely beautiful, uh, and uh, the folks down there couldn't have been nicer uh, in, in taking care of us and in taking care of, of twelve guys to come down and. and uh, play as competitively as some middle-aged guys can. So, um, had a, before I get started in that, I had I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I had a, an absolutely spectacular time. The um, the beer was cold, the whiskey was good, the cigars were great, uh, the company was amazing. Uh, shout out to the the guys that that go every year. We always have a blast. Uh, but I can't say that I played all that great. And I chalk that up to a couple things. Uh, chalk it up to uh, just getting over the shanks, and I wasn't even really fully over the shanks. Um, and uh, not knowing these courses, and uh, you know, those two things on top of what I'll talk about there at the end of the podcast um, are kind of made up for the perfect storm. Didn't do too bad though. Uh, even though I did shoot in the 90s, because of the difficulty of these courses, uh, my handicap only moved um, about eight-tenths of a point up. So I'm trending at an 11.1 right now, and um, I think I still have a shot, you know, over the summer to get myself back to a 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I'm looking at your score. So you shot two 94s, you shot a 96 and a 98. Is that, that right? Yes. So, yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit of positivity here. These courses 
couldn't have been that easy because the slope rating on these were 135, 134. Now, you did have the one that was a 116, which is where you shot a 96, and that yep. that had a huge differential there. So not that's that what was ra- that's what raised my handicap. That was probably your worst round. Yes. And and even though you had a 98, that that slope rating was still a 133. So, you know, none of those are easy courses. No. No, they were they were all extremely difficult. Uh and fun fact, two of those courses had uh tournament pins in place because there were tournaments going on on the days that we were there. Ah, okay. So, yeah. Silver Creek had I mean those pins were absolutely brutal. And I believe it was either Cummings Cove or Broadmoor, I think Cummings Cove, had tournament pins in place. So two of the, remember, two of those rounds, two of those four rounds that I put into gin had tournament pins. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're not used to the courses. I mean, trust me, when we get into my story here in a little bit, I I fully understand what you're coming from there. But, um, and, and, you know, playing down south is different than playing up, up north. The greens are faster um different the types of grass worlds tighter so that that was one of the things that i struggled with all week uh was uh the tight lies were the lies were i mean beyond tight it was it it was firm um the grass was very very close cut and it was firm underneath so you couldn't really take a divot uh it was just asking to be mishit you had to clip the ball and if you didn't clip the ball you got punished for it um, even Jeff, who is, you know, who is a legitimate on any golf course in this country, uh, a, a five handicap, even Jeff struggled off those tight lies. Yeah. I mean, anytime you go down there and play versus up here, I mean, you, when you take a divot up here, you're flipping a huge beaver tail and down there, right. it's just, you know, it's hard pan. It's, it's very difficult, but, but you, you know, you seemed you were very frustrated at first whenever I was talking to you down there, but (laughs) it it seemed as it went on, it just kind of became the running joke and you were, you know, you you were a little bit more calm, which I think may have been a good lesson for you as well. Right. Um, absolutely. So I want to read you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read you a, uh, an excerpt from our conversation. Um, I started the, uh, this is Saturday at 1.27 p.m. I sent you a text message that said, just says very simply. I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> I am a hack. Do not ever let me say that I am not. And I think I'm just going to continue to think that way forever. <laughs> I, you answered with, join the crowd, let me guess, are you having a bad day? <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I said, it's terrible on an easy course and still have to play another 18. So this was the course that was the uh, 116. Uh, okay. Slope, slope rating. rating. So I, I was pretty, I was pretty um, upset about the fact that that was a scorable golf course and I had lost my golf swing. Um, I was tired. I did. I, I didn't sleep worth crap all weekend and I'm not going to make excuses. It was just, my game was just not there and that's okay. I still had a great time and, and, and we got to play some really, you know, in our second rounds of golf, we, we did some scrambles and some games and stuff and had a good time. But um, I was living as the, the guys from the Chasing Scratch podcast uh, like to talk about, had the uh, the snap hook, duck hook, rope hook, snap hook uh, 
you know, <laughs> issue going on, which I was just getting fast and getting handsy, and I know I know what what is wrong. Um, just got to get out and fix it, and uh, I'm going to. But uh, yeah, it was. I was in a deep dark place. Uh, but overall, to kind of wrap it, man, the 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 trip itself were, was spectacular. Can't say enough good things about the folks and the courses. How pretty they were. Um, the level of difficulty was just, you know, on another level. Uh, I am not a traveling 10. I obviously I'm a traveling 15. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with being a traveling 15. I just have to get out of the, the mindset that I'm a, I'm a traveling 10. Right. And you know, my goal ultimately within the next couple of years is to be a traveling 10, um, where I can go to any golf course and shoot in the eighties. Um, but it's just not going to happen right now, and that's okay. Uh, I, I was humbled. Um, you know, I, I kind of got reality checked, as, as the, the, the uh, title of, of this podcast kind of indicates. I, I got reality checked, and um, definitely an indicator that I need to work on several parts of my game. There were things that worked. I, I did, uh, when, I, when I hit my irons, they were crisp. Um, my tempo was good, uh, until things got way out of sorts, but we'll talk about that toward the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, all, all in all, uh, trip went really well, had a blast, just didn't play that great of golf. When you uh, were, I mean, you're, you're obviously playing with some different people every day. Did you, how did your mindset change? Did you, at, at that juncture in time, when you start getting with people that maybe you haven't played very much with, did was there a feeling of like, I don't know, almost like competitive golf, like nervousness because you don't want to embarrass yourself around those people? There's a there's a lot of anxiety. Um, I noticed myself using the word sorry, and I never use the word sorry on the golf course. Um, and that's when I realized that there was a lot of anxiety with playing with people. And I talked to talked to my wife uh, about it, and then I talked to Jeff about it um, on course, and it, it just not knowing that you're capable of hitting shots and just you don't have the ability to do it causes a lot of anxiety that I I'm having trouble processing hence the head case thing man yeah um I I'm really really struggling with it and it's something that I I recognize especially after the the round of golf with you and then um dealing with it on this trip it's it's something that I'm gonna have to focus on just as much as I focus on my game, is to just go into my own world, uh, go, you know, worry about my game and my swings, and the fact that I'm going to, um, that I'm gonna be the one to 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 be responsible for it. Um, I'm gonna have to go into that mindset and keep it that way. Yeah, I mean, if there was one. One thing that I, I I do feel sometimes whenever you're playing, it's not even just a big group, but anytime you're playing with anybody, I feel that you, because I've watched the videos of you of you hitting on course and on the range, both, right, and I feel like that you're change you you completely change your swing, your your dynamics of everything that you do that day when there's when there's a group of people around, and that's right. That's the biggest thing you're going to have to work on. And, you know, to be honest with you, I think there's a little bit of that that we'll talk about with me, too, that, that may have, you know, I told you, you texted me and you said, you know, hey, competitive golf is a little bit different, which we'll talk about in a minute. But 
right. you know, I kind of deny that. And I don't really think that there is in my consciousness, but my subconscious, there's, there's a piece of me that, that is a little tense that, that I, you know, I really started sitting thinking and, and I think that there is, but there um, is, there absolutely is. Um, well, moving on from, from my golf trip, you know, you, you had, uh, you had another tournament on Sunday while I was on my way back from my golf trip and, uh, things went kind of sideways. So why don't you tell everybody about that? <sighs> you know, your, your nineties round <laughs> yes. looked pretty darn good in comparison to what I did Sunday. <laughs> so... So I played in another one of my Pittsburgh Golfers Tour events. Um, very beautiful golf course, I might add, that we played on Sunday. It was called Yakagani Country Club here in Pittsburgh. It was a very hilly and very rolling golf course, I might add. It, the slope rating on it was also 135. Um, greens, I'm going to estimate that they were rolling at least probably a 13 on the stimp. Um, you know, we, we played at Stonewall last year and I, I was commenting how fast I thought their greens were. And right. I think, I think Jeff told us just the other day that he estimated that those were probably playing at about an 11, maybe the day we played them. Right. Um, the, uh, these were playing at least a 13, at least. Wow. So I tried to take a video of me dropping a ball and it rolling down the green, but, um, this guy kind of came into the video like right in the middle of while I was dropping the ball and it was just too crowded. I didn't get to take the video, but they will just put it this way. They were quick. Um, but I had a really good range session that morning. I, I went to the range. I was feeling confident. I got there like an hour and 20 minutes prior to the tournament. Right. So I gave myself plenty of time to putt, get warmed up. I went to the range. I hit a ton of shots. Driver was going good hybrid was going good everything was just felt good i said you know what i'm gonna have a good day today and i get up on the first tee and there was no nerves you know that's why i was trying to explain to you that i wasn't nervous at all i, I introduced myself to all the people in the group everybody was really down to earth you know i felt comfortable around them right off the bat and um you know i i just i felt good so off the first tee, I was the only person in the group to hit the fairway. And so that just immediately started instilling confidence. I'm like, okay, right. I, I'm you in a group. First drive, man. Yeah, I'm in a group that I feel like I can play better than today, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play well. And so we go out, and, you know, the first night, I'll be honest with you, went pretty well. Um, there was a guy that was in my group that ended up, he ended up improving his play throughout the course of the afternoon, and uh, me and him were neck and neck going into number ten. We, I was forty-seven, he was forty-eight on the front nine. Right. And uh, you know, so I was feeling pretty good, and but at the same time, I think I caught myself watching everything that he would do and hoping that he would, you know, slip up and make mistakes. And he actually. Which I know sounds terrible, but, you know, when you're in competitive golf, you're hoping for those breaks. Absolutely. Which, which again, we'll, we'll go into, we'll talk, the, 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 the 
last third of this podcast, we're going to talk about some head case stuff, and it, it's pretty hardcore. Go ahead. But he uh, he ended up finishing second in the whole tournament. He ended up nice. he ended up coming in second. So, um, you know, me and him were neck and neck. But after number nine, something happened in me, and I I, I can't explain it. I don't know what happened but it was as soon as we got on number 10 i hit a bad tee shot okay and it all started from there it it was like you at riviera all over again wow nothing felt good i couldn't i was getting off the tee hit or miss um but i just couldn't it's like i lost my tempo i lost my rhythm and i don't know if it was you know you chalk it up it was a little bit warmer that day so was i not you know, prepared for that? Was I not sure? I don't know. You call it. You can call out a million excuses for it, but nevertheless, Rich, my swing completely fell apart, and I just started putting up triple and quadruple bogeys like they were going out of style. I feel you, man. Um, I ended up shooting 102. Wow. Which wow is probably the worst that I have shot in probably 15 years. Wow, buddy. See, we, when we talked about this the other day, you didn't tell me your score. That's uh, that's rough, man. That that It really is. But, uh, it, you know. It's embarrassing is what it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, that, the, the day that I shot that uh, that 96, my only goal was, was to keep – triple digits off the card and i played my butt off for the last four holes to keep uh triple digits off the card uh even though i didn't really even have a swing at that point i i scrambled my absolute butt off to pars and bogeys uh to to keep triple digits off the card so man that's uh, my heart goes out to you on that I, i know how bad it is to post triple digits uh, I've posted one triple digit since I've been back in the game since 2018, and it was in a tournament, like I said, on a Sunday when the Shanks showed up. So it is, uh, it's extremely hard to have to deal with and, and be, you know, and, and, and keep your head and, and finish a tournament. Um, but speaking of the tournament and keeping your head, uh, you talked to me about a situation that, that happened during this tournament that, uh, I think you should tell the people about, and we should uh, we should discuss. Yeah, I uh, it's very interesting rules situation. So you know, not that it probably was going to make a huge difference, but um, I had a hole I had to pick up on. Uh, I had to pick up on because I was going to hit stroke limit, and um, here's essentially what happened. So I hit my drive into the woods. Now, when you get into the woods to a certain extent. Um, it is OB, but you know, I wasn't for sure. I was pretty sure that I was, you know, pretty deep in, I didn't know how far. So I hit a provisional. So my provisional, I I pull a hybrid and lay a, lay a hybrid out, you know, probably 200 yards out in the middle of fairway. So we go over to my ball and, and by no means before I even say this, by no means am I upset with my foursome with the way that we, you know, we ruled this in the heat right. of the moment when you're in competition, you know, things just happen and you interpret what based on the information you have in front of you at the time. Well, you've got, you've in, in, in those guys defense, you've got to make a decision there in the moment and it's got to be decisive and it's got to be fair to not only the player, but to everybody. Right. 
And, and, you know, we also had people on the tee box, so you're worried about pace sure. of play. You got Absolutely. a lot of things coming into this. But we, we really, we really kind of hosed me on this, this situation. So we find my ball. We find my first ball. It's not, it is not OB. Okay. So it's still in play, but it's in the woods lodged underneath this sapling. All right. So at that juncture, I'm like, okay, we found my ball. I have to play, you know, I have to play this, but I can't. And so I looked at the guys immediately and said, I'm going to take an unplayable lie. And I picked Mm -hmm. up my ball. Uh, At that moment, everybody freaked out. And they're like, what are you doing? What what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to take an unplayable lie. I'm going to take two club links here and I'm going to take my lateral relief and, and, you know, I'm going to move on about my business because two clubs, which is your right. Right. So two clubs out to the left of where my ball was would have put me, you know, in back into the rough where I actually had a shot to get out. Right. Well, my foursome immediately says, you can't do that. You have to take your only option here is to take on the line relief or go back and hit another ball. And I said, well, I can't take on the line relief because that puts me back in the in the woods. Right. And I said, so I'll just go and hit, I'll, I'll go play my provisional. And they said, you can't play your provisional. Now, I'm come back to that in a second because I learned something this week. Okay. So I said, well, I'll just play my provisional. And they said, you can't do that. And I said, so you mean to tell me my only option is to take on the line relief? That's the only option you are going to give me. And they said, yes, you're going to take on the line relief, which was back in the woods basically dropping my ball on a pile of sticks. Gotcha. So being the new guy, I did not know that our league had a two a two ball rule which meant essentially if I didn't agree with my foursome what I could do is I could play, play both balls. Play one ball the way that they want me to play it and play another ball the way I think that I'm allowed to play it and then let the let the rules official decide at the end of the match. Absolutely. And so not knowing that and not wanting to rock the boat because I'm a new guy in this this tour, right? I, I took the on-the-line relief. And so I'm dropping two, hitting three, and hit my ball out barely to the edge of the woods. And then my next shot, I do hit at OB. Oh, no. So now I'm, uh, you know, my next shot was my fourth. Now I'm dropping two, hitting, hit, no, dropping five. Yeah, dropping five, hitting six. Yes. And I'm still 300 yards out on a par five. Oh, goodness. So I just picked up because I, I, there was no way I was getting, getting, you know, getting to the green in a manageable, you know, manner. So I ended up picking up. Right. Um, Come to find out, the reason why I can't play my provisional, and I did not know this, if you hit a ball and you think it's out of bounds and then you hit a provisional and you find your ball, you cannot go and use your provisional. Even though in theory, this sounds incredibly dumb, even though in theory you've just hit another ball out in the fairway that could technically count as your you know, you're, you're shot off the tee. Right. So you're losing stroke and distance. But I guess the way the rules read is that you, 
the state of mind, the situation changes. So by you having to pick up your original ball and go back and hit off the tee again, you could have a completely different outcome of your provisional. Okay, so I feel like I have the need to correct myself here because I totally botched that explanation. What I was trying to say is if you hit your first ball into the woods and you think it's out of bounds, you can hit a provisional. However, if you find your first ball and it's not out of bounds, then you have to pick that provisional up because a provisional can only be used for a ball that's out of bounds or lost outside of a penalty area. However, if you decide that you're going to take an unplayable lie because where your ball is at in the woods is not playable, and you decide that you're going to take stroke and distance as your relief option, you would then have to go back to the tee box and hit another ball off the tee. That's what I was trying to say. Now let's get back to the conversation. So you're not allowed to use that provisional as your stroke and distance ball. Okay. So the minute you found your original, that provisional no longer existed. And I did not know that. That was new. That was new to me. Um, so, you know, a lot of lessons learned. When I talked to the rules official afterwards, it turns out I was right on the lateral relief. So I had three options. I could take lateral relief, on-the-line relief, or go back and hit another ball off the tee box. So, so all that said, which, which I'm, I, you know, that, that was, that's one of those, if you, it's always been known to me that if you, that if you're in an unplayable position, you, you can take an unplayable lie. And I think that's, you know, I think you're, like you said, your playing partners probably either unknowingly or knowingly took advantage of, of your, of your kindness and, and being, uh, the, the new guy or whatever, um, and that sucks. It really does. Um, but the the important question, uh, because because of this uh, kind of the subject matter of this episode, how'd that affect you mentally going forward? Well, we only had three holes left at that, but I ended up picking up on another hole two holes later. So that yep. if that tells you anything, tells me everything. Um, so I want to I want to use that that to kind of segue into into what you and I've been kind of uh, alluding to during the course of this podcast and what you and I've been talking about for the last few days. We suck. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we're we're terrible. We're hacks. Uh, that's why this uh, this podcast is called the Pittsburgh Golf Hack uh, Podcast. Um, no, man. I, so I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the mental aspect of the game and, and, uh, processing adversity and processing how to be, um, mentally, pu- mentally tough, not being mental midget. Um, as, as you know, every sports coach that I've ever had in my entire life has, has referred to, uh, mental toughness, you know, the ability not to be a mental midget. Um, I will be the first to tell you that as a high school athlete, I had uh, what I what I like to think is is uh, good mental mental toughness, um, and just like any other learned skill, uh, I think it goes away. And I think over the years of me not competing, especially taking uh, an extended few years off uh, from golf, um, I think that. You know, I I've kind of dulled that sense, and um, 
these last two things that have happened to me have been a really stark reminder that I need to be uh, mentally tough and I need to work on it. So, um, you know, looking back, hindsight being 2020 and everything for me, I look at the things that, um, that happened to me as stuff that, that are completely controllable in, in, you know, in my, in my realm, I could have controlled just about everything that went on. And, um, you know, it's, it's really tough for me to look at, um, you know, the way I played and, and think that in that moment that everybody else cared what my score was when in essence, you and I both know that the guy standing next to you doesn't give a crap about what you're shooting. No, he gives they, a crap about what he's shooting. Yeah, those guys, those guys especially, because I know a few of them and I know how they play. They, you weren't even on their radar. Nope, don't even care. All they cared about was was making birdies and pars, and a lot of them did, and a lot of them didn't. Um, but the the big deal was that they just had fun but for some reason or another that that monster creeps in you know and and that monster uh likes to say you know well those guys are back there on the tee box laughing at you or you know oh you hit another one out of bounds you know they're you know they're going to get in their cart and go oh i got to play with rich today this is going to be a long day and it's uh it's frustrating it's a it's a very frustrating thing that that you know for as long as i've played the game um, then I would think that, but I do. And, you know, moving forward, my practice, not only in, in, in swinging the club, I like, I have no problem with making contact with the middle of the club face and hitting good shots. You and I both know that I have, I have proven that with just time and time and time again on, on video. But when it counts, when I have people there and there's eyes on me, something happens. And that's got to change, and it's going to start changing starting today. Yeah, and I think, you know, we both, we're both going to have to sit down and do a little bit of homework here because, I mean, we can sit here and talk about, you know, we got to change and we got to do this, but right. neither, neither of us have a plan. Yeah, right. And, and so I really think that that's got to be the, the next step in all this. So... You know, with me, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to be a little honest on myself here. I'm going to give myself a little tough love. The two things that destroyed my game this, this, this Sunday was one, when the guy that was in my group that I was going up neck and neck with, when I was starting to struggle on a hole, the very next hole, he made a birdie. Right. And I was, that right there was my first mental trigger that I should have paid attention to. And, and I didn't, I blew right through the stop sign and, and I got in my own head and, and I cannot, I cannot do that when I'm playing competitive golf. But, you know, when I, when I think about, okay, that's a competitive round, that's one thing, but this very easily could have happened to me if I was playing just me and you or me and me and somebody else or heck even me by myself at this golf course that that I haven't played and you know I think the biggest thing for me is I have got and you've you've called me out on this numerous times I've got to quit making swing adjustments on the fly on the golf course 100 percent, absolutely 
trust the game that you have that day. And that's something that I've, like, of all the things that I do bad, I never try to make an adjustment on the golf course if I'm out playing a, a round that I'm scoring to put into my gin or if I'm playing a match with somebody, I dance with who brung me. Yep, and you, like, you got on to me when we were playing because I was trying to help you out. I was like, and even Jeff. Jeff was like, put your weight on, on you know, the, the balls of your feet and, and or put your weight on your heels instead of the balls of your feet. And, and you did hit a few good shots after that, but it's like he said, you don't want to do that forever because that's not a fix. That's a Band-Aid. Right. And, right. and that's the type of stuff that I think both you and I, you've gotten a little bit better at it than I have because you even told me when I asked you, I said, you know, when you're swinging your irons, where are you putting your weight at and your backswing? And you're like, dude, I don't want to hear it. I'm not changing my swing. You know, I, I'm, I'm just not, not at that point. Now, the, the one thing that I have gotten good at is, okay, cool. So I'm going to struggle through the rest of this round. I'm going to have to. This is the game that I have. But I also know that, like, I know that my miss, my miss this past weekend was right. I'm a left-hander, so I'm hitting a snap hook. And I know what the cause of it is, and it's tempo-related. So my my practice this evening, once I once I get off here, I'm going to be going out to out to Riviera and, and, and working on it. My miss is all tempo-related. And when I hit the ball solid, I hit the ball really, really straight, or I hit it with a fade, which are, which are my two prefer ball flights. I don't want to hit the ball right. I don't want to hit a fade, or I don't, I don't want to hit a draw. So when you got, and of course you guys were trying to help me, and of course I'm going to accept the, uh, the help, but I'm not going to, to make that immediate adjustment on the fly because I, the, my game has, more of a chance to go even more out of whack if I try to make that uh, change on the golf course. So what I'm what I did, you know, in my practice before I went on this golf trip, I, I did work on and eliminated those shanks with the tips that you guys gave me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it it absolutely does. Um, but you know, in full disclosure, I'll just tell you, I changed my swing five six times off tee box on Sunday. <laughs> right. I just did, and and I don't know why that I did it. It's like after that first slice came into play, because I'd probably hit, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, at that point in time when I started hitting the ball bad, I had probably hit at least eight fairways in reg. Right. And, and f no reason for me to change anything I was doing that day, but I hit one bad shot, and I'm like, uh-oh, we got to put a Band-Aid on it. Oh, no, no, no. That's just a bad swing. There's no, There's nothing... There's nothing wrong with making a bad swing. We all do. There, we, we were talking about it uh, one day on the course. You know, you have guys like you know Phil Mickelson, who is long regarded as the, the 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 greatest short game player of all time, the greatest wedge player who's ever put a wedge in his hand. Um, who will have instances where he lays the sod over a ball, like it's going to happen. You're gonna make bad swings, but just because Phil lays lays the sod over a ball doesn't mean the next time that he has to hit a flop shot, he's going to totally change the way he hits it. Right. Yeah. And that, bodies that, just react differently. That's, that's what I got to get, get past. So here's, here's where we're going to leave this episode today. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you and I a little piece of homework here. All Love right? it. Let's do this. I've been reading some stuff. Uh, it, believe it or not, it actually infiltrates over some stuff that we're doing at work. Um, but I think that it's something that relates very heavily to, to our golf games. 
Okay. And we're going to talk about it on the next episode, but I want, I want us both to, over the, over the next few weeks, go out, play our rounds, and I want us to to record what our biggest when our biggest misses happen. I want okay. us to record what happened, what we were, what our mental state was at that point in time, like what was going on around us. For example, I'll give you the key key example that we both face because we play a lot of single golf, where you just asked to play through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but I, I want us to look at that because there, there's some really profound stuff that I want to look at, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of using us as a science experiment here. Sure. But but do that for me over the next over the next few rounds that you play in between here and the next couple of weeks, and we'll get together and talk about this. But write down anytime you have a big miss or a big duff or whatever. Write down, make a note what was going through your head at that point in time, what was going on with the environment around you, and you know what what was the miss? Was it a, a snap hook? Did you hit it fat? Whatever the case may be. And I think that we we should dive into those on the next episode and take a look at that to see if there's any any trending that we can look at. Absolutely, no, I love it. I think that's I think that's amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a uh, a notebook and notepad and pencil in my in my bag, and uh, I'll be I'll be ready and willing to do all that once uh, once I go out for my next my next round. Or you could just use a cell phone since you are in the cell phone industry. And you yeah, know. I can. It, 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 God love a voice note. We can play some voice notes. I'll do that. <laughs> I have no problem with that. I keep enough. I keep enough stupid notes on my swing anyway. So, um, yeah, def, definitely doing a voice note would make make life much easier for me. All um, right. So yeah, man, I'm I'm in. I'm I'm all I'm all I'm all for it. All right. Well, we'll see where this leads next episode. I'm, I'm a little curious, and I've probably piqued your interest a little bit now too. But uh, oh, you have no idea. You know, you know, I'm I'm a data freak. Let's do this. All right, man. Well, just a quick plug before we get off here. If it's your first time on the podcast, make sure that you follow the Pittsburgh Golf Hack on Facebook, also on Instagram and Twitter. You can find it at at PGH Golf Hack. And also check out the Pittsburgh Golf Hack YouTube channel for golf course reviews, equipment reviews, and all kinds of other golf shenanigans. So, uh, Rich, anything else for the folks before we hit out? No, uh, stay tuned. You guys, uh, I promise that the, the golf is going to get better. Uh, I, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this kind of look into our uh, head case uh, lives. But uh, getting it out there kind of feels good. So hopefully you guys enjoyed and uh, – I know I did, so well, if until it, next time. If it doesn't, we'll just turn the podcast into explicit and entertain you all. <laughs> I like that idea, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, until the next time, you all get out and hit them straight and keep on hacking. <laughs>